Excellent. Good morning, Casey. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Fantastic. What a journey you've been on, and and I, I got to tell you that 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 being part of this this growing story and stuff like that reminds me so much of what my my preacher would tell me, Pastor Stephen Furtick of Elevation. He would say, "It's not anybody's fault, but the people before them." Do you do you believe in that theory? Um, I believe that you know this is something I've experienced over the generations and yep. lived with for the last 62 years. So again, it's finally holding them accountable because when you grow up in a, a famous wealthy family that people admire, and my grandfather did a lot of things. You have the museum, you have you know the the charities, you have all the the goodwill he did you know in the world, and so. If you speak against that, you must be the black sheep. You must be the person that that wronged the family. You must be the one that made the mistake. And you kind of live with, you know, again, my grandfather controlled the narrative. So you couldn't do anything to upset him or tarnish the family name. How does a family embrace its truth? Because we all have things in the closet. And then all of a sudden, one day somebody comes knocking uh they don't they wow. they don't talk about it they don't you know again so no social media back when i grew up so it isn't something that you know people can go online and see like nowadays you can you know instant gratification or certain image it was all kind of behind closed doors and you know being camera ready out in the public and again if you if you were a woman in this family which you know my mom and i basically you were ornamental you had to you know be a certain way i mean my mom would leave the house and her cigarettes were dyed to match her outfits i mean that's how crazy it was back then but it was again all image and and not embarrassing the family and just you know being a, a good girl and that's what you you know thrive you know strive to be i'll tell you what the conversations that i have with my sister she she's 58 and and what we're talking about today uh, is are subjects that wow why didn't we talk about it when we were younger do you find yourself in that kind of a situation as well casey where it's like why didn't we talk about this Absolutely. I mean, as you see in House of Hammer, I was triggered in my 30s when I was, you know, trying to be an actor shooting a B-roll and in a parking lot, you know, they were, you know, fake attacking me in a car. And there was a familiar moment where he had my arms above my head and it was just like, oh, my God, my body just freaked out. And I almost killed the, the guy, unfortunately, and really started in that moment, you know, just shaking and, and just it was crazy. And I remember going to my mom and telling her all the things I was remembering and hoping she wouldn't, you know, um, say that it was true, but she did. And to let, to know that she allowed it to go on and that my father, and it was just one of those moments where you had no one, you had no one to talk to. And that's kind of why I wrote my book, Surviving My Birthright. It was more of a journaling for me, a healing to try and make sense of what, you know, I had been going through because it was normal to me. It was normal to be shot at by my family. I mean, again, guns were, you know, party favors. It wasn't like any of what you all see in House of Hammer was shocking to me. It was my um, my normal. Casey, I, you, you, you put shockwaves through me when you talk about that because I grew up in a household where the guns were in my bedroom and I hated it. I hated it. My dad would just sit there and say, stop it. I'll put them wherever I want to. And I feared those guns. Absolutely. And again, you also saw that my father, you know, murdered someone in cold blood and my grandfather covered it up and made it, you know, paid someone off and it became, you know, self-defense. And my mother was like, no, I was standing right there. He just pulled out a gun and shot the person. So it's like 
that happened a lot in my family. And, but again, it was just, and you couldn't talk about it. You couldn't say anything bad about the family or you were erased or disowned or, you know, physically, you know, it was just, yeah, there was a lot of punishments that were thrown and threats. So I'm just used to being under the spotlight and, and having everything I do watched. It's just a, it's just a normal for me. Were you shocked by the way that people outside the house would react because the people would shrug their shoulders and say, that's ah, just the Anthony's. And, and I'd go, ah, <laughs> you don't know. I mean, are they, did they do the same thing to you? Ah, it's, it's just the hammers. It's the hammers being the hammers. I think they did up until the docuseries. I mean, I got a lot of, you know, again, last year I was, you know, living a very quiet life, working as a kitchen designer at Home Depot in San Diego. And, you know, occasionally people would find out who my family was and especially Army being an actor, it brought, you know, my hammer, the hammer family back on the spotlight. So, you know, again, it was, well, why are you working here? You know, don't you have millions and on and you just get into a point where you don't want anybody to know because you, you just, the story's too long and involved. So by having House of Hammer, it's almost like a testament to my life and having people come forward to corroborate it. Um, it was kind of like, see, I've been saying this all along and then having the current victims, you know, have the strength and being so brave to come forward and talk about, you know, their experiences and abuses. It's, it's my normal. It's what I experienced growing up. So I'm, I can speak to what I saw as a child into an adult, into this, you know, crazy years ago when my mom passed away, we still got together. We still were a fake family, like succession. We still, you know, spent the week while she was dying, all of us together, pretending we loved each other. So yeah, it was, um, it was, uh, a different situation. We we've got to give kudos to Discovery Plus for for standing behind you guys on 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 House of Hammer because you know it, before Discovery Plus and all these digital platforms came into being, the only thing that we had that that would share stories like this, Oprah, we had uh, Phil Donahue, we had uh, uh, Doctor Phil and stuff like that. But you take us so deep into this story, and and how your heart is recovering is just mind blowing to me. Well, it's interesting too, because this was the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we only had three hours and there was so much more about the family that we could go into. And again, it, it's just, it could go on and on and on. And I just, um, it's crazy because people are, are very shocked by what they see in House of Hammer. And to me, it's like, oh, you haven't seen anything yet. There's a <laughs> whole bunch more that, you know, was was crazy. And you just, you kind of have to laugh about it. You kind of have to think, you know, if you reasons or times that I shouldn't be sitting here, that I don't want to be sitting here. So it's kind of like, it's a struggle to know why I'm here. And I think for the first time in my life, you know, by choosing to be a part of this and, you know, shining the light on victims and being an advocate for them and talking about consent and accountability, it really, helps empower and it helps me heal also but it you know it's not an easy journey abuse is abuse and yep. you see physical abuse but mental and emotional that's deep-rooted um not that physical isn't but they're all intertwined and people need to recognize that it's a it's a challenge every day to wake up and take a breath and to keep going but it's possible to have a fantastic life and to heal and to help others and I think that's kind of now I finally realized, well, this is 
this is my journey. So when when you open yourself up like this, because basically, because I'm a daily writer, I I, I understand that the healing process and what you you've got to rid the heart, you've got to clear the heart of situations. But when you do that, you've got to replace it with something. What have you replaced that negative energy into? What have you replaced that negative basically, energy? Basically, I uh, meditate a lot. Yes, I do a lot of yoga. I'm around animals, I go to the ocean, and I really have learned to go inside and know that, you know, it starts with me. I mean, there are times where I have a lot of guilt and blame that I couldn't, you know, rescue that little 11-year-old, 12-year-old Casey and keep her safe. Um, and so, again, there's a there's a lot of challenges that way with, you know, the healing process. Um, having relationships as an adult, you know, it's, it's like, you know, all the, the men that I choose to be with, it's yeah. kind of like, they're all the hammer men. So again, it, it, it reflects in your everyday and you just really need to make peace with, you know, it's okay to be not okay. I used to self-medicate and up until about a year and a half ago, um, I don't anymore. So it's really challenging to sit with these emotions and feelings and, and feel that you're going to come out of it. So yeah, it's a process and you do need help. And I'm here to say too, that there are therapists and people out there that will help you and don't let money or any of that be a, a you know, a reason that you don't get help because they'll work with you. And I found out about a sliding scale as crazy as that sounds, but you're not alone and you can't do it alone. So again, by, by being present for people and listening to their story and letting them know they're heard, it's just very empowering. I'm, I'm glad you brought up, brought up the, the things about, you know, getting help and stuff like that. But let me ask you a question. Now, now that house of hammer has been released on discovery plus, can you set up a website that helps people? Because the one thing that I'm bumping into, and I keep hearing these stories, is that a lot of these these psychologists and psychotherapists, they, all they want to do is meet on the web. They don't want to meet face-to-face. -face, but, but come on, Casey. I mean, you and I both would rather sit in front of people and, and share the story rather than, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm on Zoom having a conversation. Absolutely. And, you know, I made that comment earlier about um, the radio interviews. It's like, I don't see you. Yes. <laughs> and I really, I, I really need to connect. I need to be able to look into your eyes because again, I know what it's like when you talk to people that aren't present, you really need someone to listen to you and, and with empathy and compassion and just hear your story. So yes, I mean, I hope to take this on the continue sharing i hope to you know who knows maybe even having a, a talk show with advocates or i don't understand social media that well so it's like you know the podcasts i'm learning there's other ways to reach people and i'm more of a one-on-one -on -one with people so if i can find a way to you know help people that way and let them share and tell their stories that's what i'm trying i'm learning right now and i don't know i'm trying to navigate these waters and kind of you know, I'm looking for people that can help me. And so again, it's one of those things where, you know, I didn't go looking for this. And all of a sudden, you know, a year ago, my life was different than what it is right now. So it's kind of like, okay, I just have to trust that the universe will give me the right people and show me the path that, 
that I need to be walking. But yes, it includes helping people. I think one of the most important questions is, is that how do you stop what has been taking place for over 60 years? Because I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, like if, if your grandfather, let's say was an alcoholic and now you're an alcoholic, let, I mean, how, how does how does it stop? Someone has to be able to put the brakes on saying, I'm not going that direction. Do you see this uh, House of Hammer on Discovery Plus being the brakes in, in, in your family history? Absolutely. I mean, again, it's it's like you have to break the cycle. You have yes. to say, you know, I had a problem. I grew up this way. It's not right. It's not, you know, it's not good. And so you just kind of have to stop it. And so, like I said, I had made peace with, with my life and was living a very quiet existence. So now with House of Hammer, it shines a spotlight in a big way um, on bad behavior and how, you know, men of power, I mean, to think that, you know, you think you're um, not accountable or, you know, again, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that people can still get away with all this. But, you know, again, I've seen it. I know the power of money. I know the power of influence. I know the power that it wields in, in the Hollywood and just everywhere. And it's, um, it's hard to break that, but hopefully House of Hammer now shines a light on it and, and says no more. Because again, you see how um, scary my grandfather was. And yeah. even after he passed, you know, asking people to help me in my place or just, you know, be there because he was there for them. It's like the door slams on you if you don't have the money or the name of the power anymore. It's like, yeah, it's a very frightening um, and it still continues to be that. So you just have to, yeah. So let me ask you a question. You, t you talk about power. What about the power of the candy-coated plastic bathroom mirror smile? I mean, come on, how many times do you look at yourself in the mirror and put on that smile just because you it, it helps you deal? Absolutely. And it's all, you know, again, I see what I was trained to see, you know, you were trained to, you know, be camera ready. You were trained yeah. to, you know, look the part and say the right things. And as you saw these parties, my grandfather held, it was like for heads of state, it was for royalty, it was for Hollywood. And, you know, they were again, like almost every month, there were 2000 of his closest friends and you got dressed up and it wasn't like it was, you know, like social media where you could see things happening um, in real time. It was all like a secret society. And, you know, you want, to be on that guest list so yeah it's it's interesting because watching house of hammer i forget a lot of the parties because in my 20s and 30s you know i was kind of crazy so i look back and i'm like wow i forgot i met them or i forgot this and it's it's um it's fascinating to see how secret that was back then but that was the life it was a small group of people and isn't it weird that in this modern age with all of this digital technology and and internet is there such a thing as keeping a secret anymore? No, there really isn't. And that's the good news. I mean, again, it's, it's, um, it, it's challenging because, you know, for me to get on social media and to read DMs, I can read these beautiful um, passages that people are writing me or stories or, you know, you know yeah, appreciation. And yet then there's one or two that are really awful people and say bad things. And it's like, you kind of, it's challenging. It really, really is because I take it personally. And so I just want people to know that I appreciate their support and I read everything. I just, you know, don't understand the ins and outs of like Instagram and TikTok or, you know, again, it's, it's, it wasn't my generation, but it, I see the power of it. And I see that it's a, it's a great place to um, be able to 
say your piece and kind of get people to notice things. So that's that's a good thing. Wow. Well, this platform is always open for you. You can come back to this show anytime you want to because it's about changing people's lives beyond your circle. Thank you. I appreciate that. You be brilliant today, okay, Miss Casey? <laughs> I will, and you too.